This is a Federal News Network podcast. So hyperspace science was created, what, now four years ago, really to better connect those that have technology, innovative companies, and now startups uh, and university teams as well, with those in the federal government that actually need that technology. Uh, as you're aware, sometimes it's difficult for startup companies, university teams who are innovating to really figure out what the needs of the government are. And this program is designed specifically to make that better. And so what does it involve? Um, if someone wants to join into the challenge, what are they actually getting into? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so it's, it's, it's two sides, right? So we're looking to connect these startup companies, universities to problem owners, we call it, folks in the government that, that need things. And so we work both sides of that. We've been going through a process to recruit problem sponsors, we call it. You know, in the sort of federal terms, you might call them requirements owners, those sorts of folks, folks that know what the government needs. And while simultaneously, we're looking to recruit startups uh, from different sectors, including, you know, traditional space companies, but also, you know, logistics companies, transportation companies that might have uh, technology to bring to bear. The important thing is the programming that then connects those two together. Uh, within the federal government, we often use paperwork and a long process, right, to kind of connect those. But we're really uh, leaning that out to where we've got a series of webinars and then kind of one-on-one discussions to help the problem owners, you know, uh, brainstorm with the solution providers at those companies and universities to really come up with a solution that will work for both parties. And what sort of problems are, you can just give me, you know, a couple of ex- examples of things that um, you're probably going to see um, from this challenge. Uh, what sort of programmatic issues are you looking for solutions for? So they vary year to year, uh, but this year we've got four or five problems out on the website already. And they include things like, uh, you know, always a, a challenge uh, in, in space is finding objects in space, right? Finding satellites, identifying which ones they are. Uh, we've got a problem set looking, it's more of an opportunity, frankly, to look at ways to leverage microgravity. Uh, there's more opportunities for suborbital and orbital microgravity things. So you can imagine uh, opportunities to do uh, you know, crystal growth, those sorts of things. But another one that I'm really, really excited about is we have needs out there related to the new rocket cargo program. You know, rocket cargo seeks to deliver cargo around the world in a very short time. This is a lot of cool innovation that we need to make that you know, more effective. And so we've got problems related to that posted as well. And what, in your experience, why are these sort of programs better than, you know, the normal route of paperwork and a lot of meet and greets, as you mentioned before? Uh, what is it specifically about uh, the space industry uh, that seems to need an innovative touch, so to speak? It, it's it's so competitive, uh, and there's so many commercial companies, uh, you know, entering the space market. It's really being driven now by commercial companies, and so. It's a perfect place to run something like Hyperspace Challenge because we, we do things really, really quickly, right? We're looking for a solution that both sides can actually, uh, you know, get excited about in a couple of months, right? Not a couple of years. And, and our experience is that these new, new space companies, they're not going to wait around, right, for the government to decide its needs and publish a bunch of RFPs and things like that. They really want to move out on something quickly. They're going to move out on something quickly. And so, you know, it's an opportunity for us and the government to kind of catch up to that, that pace. These have been around for about three or four years now. Uh, what has been the results in the past? Um, obviously, it's working since you're doing it again. Uh, what sorts of ideas have came out of uh, programs like this? So, so a couple of things. Kind of in summary, um, we have had about a 70% rate of uh, companies that have come through the program, either get agreements with the government or exchange data, things like that, or actually receive contracts from the federal government uh, to pursue their work. So that's, that's a pretty good hit rate. But in addition to that, we've actually found, and it's been remarkable to me, some really innovative solutions that we would not have considered. 
Um, so for example, in one of our first cohorts, we were looking at the problem of how do you leverage kind of big data analytics, you know, space imagery, aircraft imagery, those sorts of things. And the government had some ideas in mind for what that could be used for, but what came out of it was, was just kind of completely different. Um, you know, for example, we came up with a problem and solution set related to taking imagery of rooftops. The Air Force has a lot of buildings across the world, right? And so one of the innovative solutions was to image those rooftops and do some analysis to figure out, do rooftops need to be replaced? You know, kind of triage on that. And one of the logistics centers within the Air Force was really, really interested in that problem set. I would have never guessed that would be something that was important. But putting those, again, innovators within the company right alongside those problem owners that have to actually measure all these rooftops in the Air Force really came to some dramatic solutions. Yeah, one of the themes, recurring themes from doing interviews for this show is, you know, a lot of technologists like yourself will say, we're looking to solve a problem in space and we end up solving a problem that we have down on the ground, actually. <laughs> um, has that been an experience uh, that other than the one example you just gave? Is that sort of your experience as well? It is, right? I mean, I'm a space technologist, and so for me, it's all about what's in orbit and, and, and those sorts of technologies. But in the end, what matters is, is how that affects people on the ground, right? That's where everyone is. And so when you look to monetize something, it actually has to have a positive impact on people's you know, life on the ground. Uh, and, and, and we've seen a lot of, a lot of clever examples of that coming from these startups. I, I imagine, um, you know, I don't want to say you weren't as busy a few years ago, but even just recently, have things kind of ticked up for you in the amount of companies that are reaching out to you or the ones that you're seeing that you might be able to potentially partner up with? They, they have been. Again, space is a very hot technology area in the commercial sector. I don't see that changing for a while. I think there's been a realization that the government, the Space Force in particular, is really looking to you know, work with these small companies and now university teams. And so we're getting a lot of, uh, a lot of interest. I'll add to that that really it's been the Space Force that's been interested in, in, in leveraging university teams as well. Right? We're going to do that a little bit differently than startups, but it's the same idea. Those university teams frequently have great innovation. They're looking for a customer. They're looking to understand how to get involved in government research. And that's what this expansion of hyperspace challenges is hoping to do. Yeah, I'm curious, um, you know, in meeting with the and speaking with these folks, um, has there been sort of a, a, a culture shift um, a little bit? The government now is almost like their best customer rather than trying to look into what they're doing. They're actually saying, no, like, what are you doing? Because we might want to get involved with that. <laughs> I think there has been. Again, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a, for example, an investor. I'm not a venture capitalist. Some mm -hmm. of the government employ, but but what we do hear uh, is a shift from a few years ago, where you know, if companies were working with the federal government, that was also sometimes seen as a bad thing, right? Because it, it meant slow. It meant uh, very deliberate. It meant focusing on a very important but small market of the federal government. These days. We're not hearing that as much. We're actually hearing that maybe working with the federal government is a good thing because it's, uh, you know, we do have a lot of needs within the government. Uh, we have funding and I hope we're moving fast enough now, right, that it's a value to the companies and their commercial markets. Yeah. And in the space sector, as you said, it's so new now, you almost have the chance to start fresh where you can get instead of catching up where you're a few years behind industry, you're, you're kind of right on pace with that. Is that a, a fair assessment? I, I think so. We also, within the federal government and, and the Space Force in particular, are bringing forward some new ideas. Again, I mentioned this rocket cargo idea as one of several really innovative things that I'm not sure you'd find elsewhere, you know, outside of the federal government. Are there other initiatives that you all have been taking to uh, improve the acquisition process within the Space Force, uh, other than the hyperspace challenge itself? There, there, are, there are many. Um, 
my team is focused really on connecting with, uh, again, startup companies and universities, not just through hyperspace, but through a number of uh, different initiatives. In addition, the greater Air Force, Department of the Air Force, right, has, has done a number of things to work more rapidly with companies, things like the revamp of our SBIR process, if you're familiar with the Small Business Innovative Research process, uh, the stand-up of AFWorks, um, kind of that innovation center uh, for the Air Force. So there's been a number of things, again, all connected to this theme of how do we work more rapidly and effectively with companies and with universities. And I imagine you've been busier <laughs> over these past few months. Um, the amount of interest I, I imagine that you're seeing is just kind of exploding. And it, are you uh, exchanging uh, business cards a lot more <laughs> nowadays? or? <laughs> A, a, a ton more. So it's become a standard here in the time of COVID is sort of the half hour Zoom call, right? So uh, we exchange emails, and kind of, you know, virtually, of course, and then, you know, quickly set up a call, see if there's interest, see if there's a way we can help point companies to opportunities. You know, that's happening a ton more. And uh, I'm, I'm glad actually to be do it, doing those remotely. Uh, it's still probably safer, but more importantly, it's quicker. And, you know, the old school way of doing, uh, you know, flying out to D.C. or flying out to California to have meetings and whatnot. Those are still great ways to do things, but uh, the half-hour Zoom calls become our go-to. Yeah, speed is the name of the game. It seems that the process of uh, coming up with new ideas is going faster and faster. Um, how do you, other than you know, using Zoom calls, what are some other methods you use to try and keep up with uh, new technologies that are on the forefront? Uh, well, again, the conversations one-on-one -on -one, um, as part of the hyperspace challenge, for example, we'll, um, we'll do a bunch of things in parallel. Um, while we'll have one-on-one -on -one conversations, we'll also have a series of webinars with what we call those problem owners, those, those defense innovators that have the problems, so that a lot of people at once can right, hear from these owners of these problems. You know, they don't have to fly to a particular Air Force base or up to the Space Force and hear about it. It's, it's actually quite a bit more efficient to do these things. Um, and part of the hyperspace ethos, if you will, has been to be lean. We recognize that these university teams, these startups are very busy people too, right? They're, they're creating product, they're selling product. And so they don't have a ton of time to talk to us. Uh, and so we try to make things very, very efficient. And I think we've been successful in that. This may not be your field, um, but I'm just curious, how have the ideas that you've seen, um, have they inspired the actual research that you do at the Air Force Research Laboratory? What sort of practices has the lab itself inherited from uh, visiting with these universities and startups? I think the biggest expansion, and, and I've worked for the Air Force on the space technology side for a long time, I think the biggest difference we're seeing now is this tremendous expansion in how you could use space and what that might imply for the, the more basic research that my organization does. And so there are a number of things now that we're talking about in space that are even being done in space that 10 or 15 years ago, my response, maybe someone's response would have been, hey, we don't do that as an Air Force. We don't do that in this. Well, we do now. I mean, and, and so I think it's really opened up the trade space for the types of research we might be doing that would then enable these new concepts. I think one other thing that's changed a little bit and we're really pushing hard with the hyperspace challenge to sort of accelerate is this idea that you don't have to be a space company or even a space researcher, right, to, to do things that might go into space. So we've, we're really looking for technologies that might be in adjacent markets like logistics or or even uh, mobility solutions. And, and we're trying to find those companies and those technologies and, and bring them into, if you will, the space realm, right? Into space applications. 
um, because we think there's a lot of opportunity there for just new entrants uh, to continue to grow um, cool, cool space innovations. Matthew Fetro is technology outreach lead at the Air Force Research Laboratory. Our final segment looks at the possibility of fixing satellites while they're in orbit, rather than allowing them to just crash back into the Earth. This is the Space Hour on Federal News Network. I'm Eric White. 